You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. So today's real crime story is about 18-year-old Angie Zapata in Greeley, Colorado. Now, Angie was born a boy. She was transgender. Her name was Justin. But she didn't feel like herself. She wanted to be a girl. She felt like a girl in a boy's body. Now, on July 17, 2008, she was found dead by her two sisters. Now, Angie was working at a burger joint. She wanted to be an assistant manager, but her sister needed help with the kids. So she ended up moving in with her sister. She was like a living babysitter. Then she got her own apartment in Greeley, Colorado. Now, the morning she died, she was supposed to go and watch her sister's kids so she can go to work. And she had her sister's car. Now, they called her several times, but she never answered. So they decided to go to her house. Now, they had a spare key. And when they went inside, they found her dead. She was on the ground and was badly beaten. She suffered blunt force trauma to her head. But the police couldn't find the murder weapon. Also, her sister's vehicle was missing and so was her phone. And the police noticed that the blood around her was dry and she was cold. Now, CSI dusted for fingerprints. The police talk to neighbors, and a neighbor tells them that they saw her come back home and somebody let her in the apartment, but he didn't see who it was. The police question her family and find out she wasn't really dating anybody exclusively. She just dated different guys. But she was careful. She would tell guys that she dated that she was transgender before she dated them. She wanted to be honest. She dated a guy named Looney, also known as J.J. Alejandro. Now apparently he was controlling and had a violent past. He moved in with her for a couple of weeks, but then they broke up and he moved out. He was the police's main suspect. He heard the police were looking for him, so he went to the police. He tells the police that he did not have anything to do with Angie's murder. So they gave him a lie detector test and he passed. The police kept him under surveillance, but they didn't find any further evidence. The police questioned if this was a hate crime. They eventually obtained Angie's cell phone records, and they called the 10 most frequent numbers. 
They come across a number that's unknown and might be a burner phone. And there were a lot of texts sent back and forth. Now, roughly about 11 days after her murder, her credit card pinged at several different gas stations. The night of July 30th, 2008, people called the police complaining that there was somebody sitting in a PT cruiser playing music very loudly. Once the police get there and call on the plate number, they realize that's Angie's sister's car. And the, the man sitting in the car, his name is Alan Andrade. So they bring him to the police department. Was it locked? Was it unlocked? How'd you get into the it? The roll down. And where were the keys when you found them? The keys were on the front seat. I said, you know what? I can get to and from with this, you know, for a little while. Okay. Two or three days. So. Don't ask me. Let me show you a picture of somebody here. Do you know that individual? Never seen that picture? Okay. Um, this person is the person who owns that PT Cruiser. Oh, okay. This person was found dead in Greeley uh, on the 17th of July. Oh, damn. Then the police showed him a picture of Angie, and he says he doesn't know her. Then they asked him for his phone number. And at that moment, they realized that his number is the same number that shows up on Angie's phone several times. You have a cell phone? Yeah. What's that number? So he can't keep denying that he knows her. We've looked at this individual's phone records. After this person died, we uh, got phone records for that person. And your phone number is showing up on her phone records many, many times. Eventually, he tells the police what really happened. Alan Andrade met Angie through a social networking site online. They started talking online and met each other in person. They went back to her place and they got intimate. Angie performed oral sex on him, but she wouldn't let him touch her. This is what he's telling the police. So she went out and left him in her apartment. But before she left, she gave him a key in case he wanted to go out. When she got back, they got intimate again, and when he touched her crotch area, he realized she was male. When he found out she was male, he snapped. He, he tells the police he hit her in the head with the fire extinguisher. Then he left. He says he didn't know she was transgender, but that was a lie. Because Angie would never get in a relationship with anybody without telling them that she was transgender. And also, the site they met on had a bisexual side that he visited. The police feel that he took his frustration out on Angie. Now, on April 22, 2009, he is convicted of aggravated motor vehicle theft, identity theft, first-degree murder, and a hate crime, and is sentenced to life without parole, plus 60 years. Now, this changed everything. President Obama passed inclusive hate crime legislation to help protect citizens from violence based on who they are, what they look like, how they pray, or who they love. And that's fantastic, because nobody deserves to be killed because they're transgender, or because they're black, or because they're gay, or whatever. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's true crime story. If you like it, please share it. And if you are a true crime addict like me, 
Check out my store, crystalkiss.com, for some murder merch. I sell t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. And right now, orders $50 and over get free shipping. So check it out. Also, check out my other podcast, A Girl Who Craves Her Faves, where I recap all the drama in my favorite reality shows. Also, check out my YouTube channel for more true crime stories. Thanks for listening. Bye.